0: Hey, if you have a Bible today, would you turn to Luke chapter five? And this week I'm gonna start a new series of sermons and we're gonna talk about relationships and the title for this sermon series is called, It's Complicated. It's complicated. So, um, it's kinda how, it's hard for me to come up with a sermon title, much less the title for a sermon series. I don't know why that's so difficult for me. So, because it's difficult for me, I'm just gonna call it, It's Complicated. And relationships can be a lot like that sometimes, right? So, uh, today I wanna talk to you specifically about the placement of people. Um, Maybe turn to your neighbor today and say, it's time for me to put you in your place. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know how well that's gonna go over. I probably should've thought about that. (laughs) It's time for me to put you in your place. Luke chapter five. Before we jump into Luke chapter five, I'm gonna read Amos three and three, and then we'll pray. Amos three and three says this in the New Living Translation. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? So in other words, if we're not going to the same place, what's the point in us getting together? Sometimes I think, relationally, we're so lazy that we just allow relationships in our lives because of stuff we, you know, we like the same football team or whoever's around, whoever's the closest. I hear Ron Lee just go, "Woo!" <laughs> Dallas Cowboys are still not gonna win the Super Bowl, Ron, it's okay. what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but sometimes we can, we can just, relationships are just something that almost we don't, take seriously, Um, we don't evaluate them. Um, But I've never seen, really, to be honest, and I've only been doing this for 23 years now, but I've, I've never seen anything have more of an impact on someone's destiny than the people they connect themselves with. So I wanna talk to you about the proper placement of people in your life. And I think this message is really, really gonna help you. And if you're watching online, Thank you for joining us today. Can we put our hands together and welcome our online community? (laughs) Grateful you're here with us. Amos three and three says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? This is a question God asks. so let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, help us. We need you. We need you today more than we needed you yesterday because we can't really do anything about yesterday. Today is all we have. And so we ask that in these few moments that we have together, you would be with us. I'm praying today. I'm even praying right now for my cousin, Dusty, whose little boy, Owen, is in the hospital today. Get some tests run on his stomach. I'm praying for him. I'm praying for my friend, Matt Chapman, who pastors Calvary Church, Southwest Virginia, who's battling cancer right now. We're just praying. We're believing that The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of us, and that same power that you were able to declare healing, we declare it right now in Jesus' name. Raise them up, touch their bodies. For anyone who's sick in this room today, we just declare the miracle working power of Jesus belongs to you. Healing is the children's bread. It's your portion today, and we just thank you for that, God, in Jesus' name. Now speak to us clearly, help us, in our relationships, we need you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. Luke chapter five, I'm gonna use a story that doesn't seem to speak a whole lot about relationships to talk about relationships, and so I'm gonna need you to follow along with me because we're gonna be pulling some things from this story that maybe um, you haven't been able to see before, and maybe we'll I'll show you some things that maybe you've seen before, but maybe they'll give you a new perspective on those things. Luke chapter five, this is the day Jesus calls fishermen to follow him. And the Bible says in verse one, it says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen. And they were fishing, or they were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, And he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets down for a catch. Simon answered, master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Is there anybody in the room today who believes that Jesus is worth leaving everything to follow? Amen. Amen. Maybe we could put our hands together and say, that's true for my life. Relationally speaking, though, there are no static relationships. Who you let in your life and where you let them in your life is extremely important because every relationship that you have either nurtures a strength or a weakness in you. So it's not enough to just ask the question, who is this person in my life? But I should also be asking the question, who sent them? Because when God wants to do something in your life, He often does that through relationships, either new or reviving an old one. And when the enemy wants to destroy your life, he often does it through relationships. The Bible says that the enemy is like an angel of light. He masquerades pretending to be good. So in other words, you can count on this. Every time God sends a new friendship into your life or a good friendship into your life, the enemy's gonna send a bad one at the same time. Every time God sends a good deal into your life, a good business plan, a good idea into your life, you can be sure of this, the enemy is going to send one right along with that good idea, that good plan. Because he uses the same things God uses to bless you, to hurt you. And if you're not careful when it comes to relationships, you won't recognize this, and you'll just, you'll just treat relationships as if they're not a big deal, and you have to take this seriously if you're going to go into deep waters. I, I, if I was in a room today full of shallow people, I wouldn't preach this message, but I feel like I'm in a room today, even if you feel like you're in shallow waters, you want deep waters, even if you're at a place in your life where you keep doing the same thing over and over again, keep making the same mistakes, and you, 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 you're not happy there. You're frustrated there. I believe that's why you're in the room today or watching me online today, because there's a part of you that doesn't want to stay in the shallow end anymore. You don't want to live at the kiddie pool. Come on, somebody. You want to go into the deep waters that God has called you into. So to go into deep waters, you're going to have to evaluate some things, namely your Relationships. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And so when God wants to change you, he uses people. When God wants to bless you, he uses people. You give and it will be given back to you. The Bible says good measure, shake, uh, good measure, pressed together, shaken over, and is, or shaken and running over. Will men give into your life? Men, God uses people to bless you. Whenever God wants to protect you, he uses relationships. The enemy will use relationships too. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, the person who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 27, nine says about a good friend, it says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. One person, one voice Can change your life in a day. Adam and Eve are just chilling in the garden, having the time of their lives, and all of a sudden Satan comes in and everything changes in a moment because of one voice that they gave access to their life, that they let speak into their life. This is important. This is important. Why is this important? Because watch what happens in this story with Peter and the other disciples and these other fishermen. The Bible says that Jesus tells them, take your boats out into the deep water and try again. And Peter says, we've been fishing all night, haven't caught anything. But nevertheless, because you said so, we'll try again. Whoever you're allowing to speak into your life is shaping your life. I love what Peter says. Peter calls him master master. I love this because no matter what you're great at, Jesus is greater. See, Peter is a master fisherman. This is his living. He could have looked at Jesus and said, hey, carpenter, I got this. Thanks for the advice. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I've been doing this a long time. But he doesn't look at him and call him carpenter. He recognizes his lordship and he says, master, nevertheless, master, because you said so, we'll do it. Because listen to me, it doesn't matter what ocean you're fishing in, God created it. Doesn't matter what water you're fishing in, God made the water. Doesn't matter what fish you're fishing for, God made the fish. So at some point in your life, you have to decide, no matter how educated you are, no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how much you know, there is someone who knows more than you, who is greater than you, who is your Lord, who is your master, who you should say, doesn't matter what my degree says, doesn't matter what my specialty is. God, you know better than I know. So at your word. Not at my feelings, at my opinion, because of my experience. No, at your word. So I build my life on God's word. And if I'm not careful, I'll allow voices that aren't God, that aren't his word, to begin to shape my life and give them access to areas of my life. And I'll end up in places, where I'm like, how in the world did I get out into these waters? It's because of who you called master. Some people in this room are more guarded with their house than they are their heart. You got got an alarm system, you got video cameras all over your house. I got a video camera in my nine-year-old's bedroom like what is that kid doing now we just keep it in there because he has some sleeping issues but I got a camera in there and I don't know if that camera makes me more secure or like less secure like I'm just sometimes I'm looking at it like is there somebody in there what's that shadow over there in the corner like (laughs) got more security on our houses than we do our hearts got more restrictions on who can drive our vehicles than we do drive our life And the Bible doesn't say guard your house, guard your car, it says guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your heart. You can't can't give everybody access to your heart. The Bible teaches us that we should love everybody. We should honestly, can I tell you this? We should treat everybody differently. You're like, how dare you say that? Well, Jesus did it. So many people need to read their Bible. Jesus did it. Jesus Jesus had 12 disciples. One of them was a thief, and one of them was his betrayer. Then he had three who were his inner circle. These are the three guys, Peter, James, and John, who Jesus would take places he wouldn't take the other nine. Jesus said, hey, I'm going off to pray. Peter, James, and John, let's go. Hey, I'm going up to this mountain. We're gonna talk to Elijah, and we're gonna talk to Moses. You're gonna, you're gonna see me transfigured. You're gonna see bright lights. You're gonna see things that the other disciples haven't been able to see. Can you imagine being the other nine? Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to pray. Just Peter, James, and John. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Hey, I'm going up for the greatest moment of my ministry. Hey, just Peter, James, and John. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. What what are we supposed to do, guys? Like, what is is it about them? Why are they so casual? Why do they get, you don't see them crying and whining about it? Oh, yeah, you do. (laughs) They're fighting over who's going to be the greatest, who's going to sit where. It's not that Jesus didn't love them all. He just treated them differently. Because he knew how to place people. If you don't know how to position people in your life, you won't know what to expect of the people in your life. And maybe the reason you're so disappointed is because you keep trying to get something out of somebody that they don't even have in them. (laughs) you keep trying you keep trying to get you keep trying to pull out trust from a person who isn't trustworthy you try you keep trying to get care from a person who doesn't care about you some people it's just not in them and if you don't recognize them, you'll position people wrongly. Listen, I'm 5'11". It doesn't matter how bad I want to play center. No coach in his right mind unless I'm in peewee basketball. Then I'm the tallest. I'm with nine-year-olds. If I don't, if I don't get in the right position, I won't function correctly. It's not, that, it's not that everybody shouldn't be on your team. It's just that some people are playing the wrong position. You're treating your friends like your spouse and your spouse like your friends. Okay, we're, we, I, gotta get, I cannot get ahead of myself because I have a whole lot I need to get to. So here's the thing about relationships. Relationships take time. And if you don't properly handle relationships, then you are mismanaging something that you cannot get back. You Can't get time back. You can can recover money, you can recover things a lot of times, but you cannot get your time back. And so many of you are wasting your time because you're not properly placing the people in your life. You're not putting people in their place. And this is not about being judgmental. Jesus wasn't judgmental of the other nine because he took three with him. He needed something from those three that he wasn't able to get out of the other nine. Jesus was assembling a team of people, and so he had to do more with these three because he needed more out of these three, and he needed something specific out of these three that he didn't need from everybody else. Peter was gonna preach the first message after the day of Pentecost, so he had to pull something out of Peter that wasn't in the other. Peter got to preach that message that day because that message wasn't in the other 11. So I defined the relationship not to be judgmental but to, to properly place because placement defines expectation if I don't put you in your proper place, I'll expect something from you that you cannot give me. And, and in order to do this, I have to have a vision in my life, for my life. I have to know where I'm going. Amos 3 and 3. Can two walk together unless they're in agreement about where they're going? You keep joining up with people and wondering, why do I always pick bad people? Because you don't know where you're going. If you know where you're going, it defines who should go with you. If I know I'm going rock climbing and I'm going and I need somebody strong to go with me, I'm not taking my nine-year-old son. Doesn't mean I'm judging him. Just means he cannot give me what I'm going to need on that mountain. And some of y'all keep taking the wrong people to the right place. And some of you are giving... Here's the thing about here's the thing about people. Like, some of us have some really warped ideas about people. Like, we say stuff like, "People aren't trustworthy. People are this. People, people are just bad. People will stab you in the back." And to some degree, that's true. But but, but most of the time, your warped opinion of people is your fault. Because you gave the wrong person access. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. When someone shows you they're a liar, believe them. When someone shows you they can't be faithful, believe them. So our warped opinion of people like us isolating ourselves from people, I don't need anybody, I'm all good by myself. That's not how you were designed to live. Even the Father needs the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are not designed to do life alone. You were created to do life in the context of other people. But you have to know where to place people or you'll give the wrong people access. You can't let everybody in. See, one of, one of my rules is I'm authentic with everybody, but I'm transparent with, a very few, with very few people. Some people come into the church and they'll be like, wow, you're so transparent. It's like, no, I'm not transparent. With you, I don't even know you, <laughs> I'm authentic. And some of you have never seen authentic, an authentic preacher before. So you think it's transparent, but it's not transparent. I'm just authentic. I'm only transparent with a few people, because you can't handle full Robbie. You can't handle seeing all the way through me. Come on now. Say amen, dad, amen. He knows. And I have to pay him to show up to church on Sundays. I'm just kidding, that's not true. So we've got to be very careful about the placement of people in our life. So He says, he says at your word. Your word is better than my experience. Now, watch what happens. So, they go out, they go launch into the deep. And the Bible says that their nets begin to break. And then, because their nets are breaking, they have to call their partners to come and help them. This is what you need to evaluate when it comes to your relationships. You need to evaluate your capacity and your partners. Your nets, capacity, and your partners. If I'm gonna go into the deep things that God has for me, I need to evaluate my nets and my partners. My nets and my partners. Because watch this, success will sink you if you're not prepared for it. The Bible says that even though they joined all their boats together, they were still on the verge of sinking. Imagine if they had not had partners. Imagine if they did not have a support system. Their best day could become their worst day. Their most successful moment could become their worst moment. Because success will sink you if you don't have the proper systems in place. So I want to ask you this question today. Are you actually preparing for the thing that you've been praying for? Because God, I used to think that God only gave us stuff that we were prepared for. But I'm starting to find out that God gives us stuff that we weren't even ready for because we asked for it. And sometimes he gives us the stuff we're not ready for because we asked for it. Because, Because like the prodigal, who asked for his money before it was time, he wants us to realize how small our capacity is so that we come back to him to get his word again. So, so what he'll do sometimes is he'll bless you and he'll, he'll be like, he'll just be standing on the shore like, this is gonna be hilarious, like watch this. We don't even know what to do. You see Jesus over there, he's just like, the Bible doesn't say Jesus helps them. He doesn't like, you know, use his like, you know, his, uh, what's that, the the force from Star Wars. He doesn't even use his force powers to like lift the boat up or anything. He's just chilling over there and he's like, this is hilarious. Like, they're sinking, their friends are freaking out. So this is on us. God, I want you to bless me. Are you prepared for that? Because what would be your best day will turn into your worst day if you're not ready. Yeah. So I evaluate my nets, which would be my capacity, how much can I handle? So before I take on a new relationship, before I take on a new thing, I should consider the cost yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible teaches us: no man sits down to build something and doesn't first consider the cost. Yeah. Because if he gets to the point where he can't finish it, he, he becomes a laughing stock to everybody, like everybody just sitting over there like <laughs> those guys. They're out there like freaking out. We're going to drown. We're going to die. Praying for fish. Fished all night. Couldn't catch anything. Getting exactly what they want, but it's more than they were ready for. So I evaluate my nets because deeper, watch this, deeper requires different nets. Deeper requires. More partners. Imagine what would have happened if they didn't have any partners that day. Imagine what would have happened if the partners had said, "Hey guys, we're going home. We haven't caught anything. We're going home." And then Jesus comes up and says, "Hey, go back out." And they're like, "Yeah, we're going to go back out." Where'd everybody go? Well, everybody went home. Ah, well, let's go. And they're looking for their friends. Here's the thing. Don't get upset when people leave your life when you're not successful. Don't get upset about it. See, some people leave too early. The Bible says they were astonished that day because of the amount of fish that they caught. There was only one boat catching fish, but all of the partners got to enjoy. The catch that day, because they stayed connected. They didn't abandon their friends. I'm telling you, some of you are missing out on some things because you have walked away from people too early. Because if you don't, do you remember that meme? If you didn't like me then, if you didn't love me then, you don't deserve me now, or something like that. It was about... And so it was like a different picture. It was like your, like your ugly version, and then like your glowed up version, you know what I'm talking about? It was like a, if you didn't love me here, you know, like you're 14 and you're like, <laughs> you know, now you're 25 and your like, hair's all done and stuff, and you went to the gym a couple times. It's like, if you, don't, if you didn't love me then, you don't know me. Well, if you didn't like me when I wasn't catching fish, don't try to jump in the water when I'm catching fish. So I've got to learn. Love everyone, treat everyone differently. They called for their partners. See, unreliable friends, Proverbs said. Remember? The person who has unreliable friends will soon come to ruin. Would have been a, it would have been a day that ruined them if they didn't have reliable friends. So you need to evaluate your nets, your capacity, and then you need to evaluate your partners. Why do I need to evaluate my partners? Cuz people change. Some relationships are a lifetime. Some relationships aren't. And if I don't evaluate my relationships, then I'll I'll keep people close to me. Listen, if you place people properly, you'll never have to really kick anybody out of your life because you, you, you have the right to limit people's access to you. So it's like there are some people who I don't have to explain to you why I'm not coming. All I have to say is I'm not coming. I, I don't owe you an explanation. I haven't given you that access. Oh, man, it's getting quiet up in here. Because <laughs> there are people in this room who think you owe everybody an explanation. Well, the reason I'm not coming is because, see, five days ago, what happened was we, are like, you don't need to give everybody that information. That's why I'm transparent with very few people, because not everybody can handle everything about me. Because some people, they keep asking you questions about you because they're trying to get information so they can use it as a weapon against you. So the partners get the overflow, they celebrate that day, and they begin to follow Jesus. Listen to me, when you're reckless with the placement of people, you're not taking your life seriously. So I evaluate relationships. I do this, I don't send my friends like an evaluation. Like I don't sit them down and be like, hey, I'm evaluating you today, I just wanted you to know that not a job interview, but I just evaluate the relationship. I just look for changes in behavior, changes in communication, changes in the way they're interacting, not just with me, but with other people. If you look at the story of David and Saul, you can see how a relationship could change like that. Changes in three chapters. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, Saul just loves David. As a matter of fact, Saul sends David's dad, Jesse, a letter and says, hey, can, can David stay here? Can he just live with me? I love him so much, he's so amazing. Can I keep him here? Then in the next chapter, something happens. A song gets sung and Saul doesn't like the song because it, it, it credits David more than it credits him. And then 1 Samuel chapter 18, he's throwing spears at David. He goes from loving him to can he live with me to now he's trying to kill him in just three chapters. That's why you got to stop telling people, I'm with you for life, dog. Because <laughs> you don't know when that person might trip and start throwing spears at your face. And you got to run. And they're like, I thought you were with me for life. But, uh... And you feel like this unnecessary loyalty to people who are trying to kill you. So the relationship changed. So David says, I'm out. He runs. He goes into hiding. And listen, he didn't cut Saul out of his life. He just got far enough so that Saul's spear couldn't reach him. He didn't send him a letter and say, hey, we're not friends anymore. He didn't unfriend him on Facebook. He just limited his ability to throw spears at his face. And you need to get away from some people. Some of y'all are just just weird, just like, no, I'm with them for life. I'm loyal. Keep throwing stuff in my face. I love it. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Stop. Like, you've got to be serious about your relationships. You've You've got to evaluate this stuff. You've got to evaluate it. You can't be reckless with it. You got to take this seriously. So, placement is such a big deal. If I know where to put you, then I know what to expect of you. Jesus wasn't disappointed in Peter's denial, he told him it was coming. He knew it. He knew Peter was just talking when he was like, yeah, I'll kill anybody for you, Jesus. He was like jerking swords out and chopping people's ears off. He's like, Jesus is like, he's not serious. <laughs> this guy's not serious. Because sometimes when you're insecure, you overstate. Sometimes when you're insecure, you overcommit. You over-talk. I've just never been down with that. I'm, I'm with you for life. I don't know about that. Can we just, can we just see about next week? Can, can, we, can we just see about, you know, when I say something that offends you? I mean, over the years, how many people have come to me and said, I'm with this church for life. And then, like, where are you now? Seriously, question, where are you? Like, I've been looking for, I can't find you. Like, where are you? Now let's, let's not do that. Let's not over-speak. Let's not, let's not over-commit. Let's, let's put people in their proper place. We have one Lord, and it's at his word. I'm living my life not on your words, not on your comments, not on your... I'm living my life on his word. So if I, if, if, if I live with that perspective, then I can put you in your proper place. So when you, when, when, when you say I'm good, I'm probably not as good as you think I am. But you know what? I'm not as bad as my enemies think I am either. Because if I'm, if, if I'm building my life and my worth and my value on people's compliments and they're like life to me, then I'll die when they disappear. Because Jesus is the only one who can make the promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't know what your job's going to do. I'm with you for life. Well, you, you could get another job and move across the country and we never see each other again. Let's not, let's not, put, that un, let's not put that unhealthy expectation on people. Because when you expect something out of somebody that they can't give to you, what you'll start to do is you'll abuse them. Abuse is the improper use of something or someone. So when you don't use them or a thing for the reason they were intended to be used, you abuse them. My dad put it like this when I was growing up. He said, Robbie, you walk up steps and you slide down slides. Why did he have to say this? Because I wanted to run up the slide and slide down the steps. Now forget, we were at a McDonald's playground one time, and we're running up the steps, and the McDonald's people are getting mad at us, these kids are gonna kick us out. Dad comes in and he goes, listen, guys, 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 listen. You, you run up the steps, and you slide down the slide. And if we don't fix that mentality At some point in our life, we'll start treating people like we treated the playground. The people weren't made to be stepped on. Sir, women were not made to be abused, to be hit. You keep your hands off of them. That's not what they were created for, that's not their intention, that's not their use. And the reason we do that is because we expect somebody to give us something that they cannot give us. And when we expect something out of people that they can't give us, we abuse them. So this is so important to how we handle relationships. We're going to talk about so much over the next few weeks. But I need you to think about this over this next week, maybe for the rest of your life. I need to evaluate my nets and my partners. I need to evaluate my capacity and my friends. So Father, in the name of Jesus, help us. Help us because you're calling us to deep waters. You don't want us to stay in shallow places. You're calling us out into the deep. So help us to learn to take relationships seriously so that we make sure that we have the right capacity and we have the right relationships. In other words, we have the right structure, we have the right uh, systems around us. We we, we, We don't have unreliable friends, we have reliable friends. We have reliable nets, nets that can handle this moment. Partners that can handle this moment. My good days and my bad days when the fish are coming in, when the fish aren't coming in. When life is good and when life is not so good, help us to evaluate because God, we need healthy relationships. and We can only have healthy relationships when we put people in their place. So we ask you for the grace to do this. We ask you for more wisdom to do this. Help us over these next few weeks as we learn the process of putting people in their place. I know it's complicated, but you can help us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Will you stand on your feet with me today?